if you have ended up yelling at them or something and you are honest enough to say darling i'm sorry i raised my voice and you will be really surprised you know what she says i'm also sorry mama this is now that i'm 40 i realize that most problems are solved through communication men just don't communicate enough i think we found our true north in the idea that a child is an equal partner in this trio we don't think of parenting styles as something to discuss pre marriage or pre baby these are the kind of things we've heard from parents that bacche to pal jate hain what we decided we will have to be okay with is the crying okay crying is not a problem it is a symptom the nature versus nurture argument is something that i i never find an end to but could you teach anything to a child Hello. Welcome to another episode of Tiffin Break by Little Joyce. Today, we have with us Tanushree Dondiar, who is co-founder and artistic director at TR Dance Company. Someone with more than 20 years of experience in choreography, dance and theater. Welcome Tanushree. Thank you. Um for our guests benefit, at least in the beginning we would love to sort of give them a perspective about who you are, your background. would love to understand a little bit about your childhood and how did you come across such an interesting career <laughs> uh, because we've always found a lot of bankers consultants the usual cookie cutter um careers uh, and their approach to parenting it would be wonderful to hear today from someone in the theatrical domain as well wow thank you so much for having me here um i think i was blessed artistically as a child itself so it was a very difficult for me to hone these talents singing acting dancing it came very naturally to me yet i didn't want to become that you know when they ask you beta bade ho ke kya banu kya banu i didn't want, i never said i want to be a ballerina or something it was always it started with astronaut and then it became something else and somewhere around my ninth grade it settled on journalist okay and from there uh, it was about that every step i took it was in the direction of becoming a journalist so i went into debates i went in more deeply into theater to build my personality and my studying college and everything was sociology then post grad in journalism so my parents were like yeah it's done <laughs> she is going on that path and we're going to have the next barkhadat come out of this <laughs> and but my heart was not there eventually somewhere in my early 20s i was constantly dancing for the love of it i realized that i can't do this i can't go I got an internship somewhere after my uh, masters and I was like I can't do this. I can't proofread multiple pages and do nothing else every day. That's where it starts as no problem in that. <laughs> and I just switched very naturally to choreography and dancing. Again parents were shocked but very supportive. They themselves were artistic in nature. My father was in advertising, my mom was a teacher. So uh it was an easy smooth sail from journalism to dance but once it came to dance it was not easy at all because being a dancer first you have to go through the you have to start at the bottom of wherever you start right so starting as a dancer moving up the ladder slow and steady then choreography then shifting to bombay from delhi and then getting into film work so the progress was slow but it was quite exciting and uh, not a day i regret it to be honest and through dance i bumped into my husband he was uh, my student 
in my academy wow. and yeah that's a that's a, i get a wow on that every time <laughs> <laughs> and um, it sort of again everything happened very naturally for us too and uh, when it was time to have a child there was barely a conversation we just kind of knew that okay now we've seen the world we know each other what next it was the next step needed in our lives to take our life personality relationship to the next level so it was it was not a conscious decision ki yaar abhi ye age ho gaya hai let's do this calculate karte hain ki acha finances theek hai ghar hai we just kind of felt that we know each other enough and this is the next step for both of us individually and as a team amazing and and if you look at the decision and post the birth of your daughter uh the decisions on both of you are you know having great careers and you're very passionate about what you yes, do yes um what's changed before and after the birth of your daughter hmm. so there is a, there are many befores and afters for the two of us specifically because we got pregnant 3 months before covid happened so the day i was supposed to announce that i'm having a baby lockdown was announced so i didn't announce my baby and so, and then that whole process was so scary it was you didn't know what was happening i run a business i have a dance academy i go for shoots that's how i earn my living and you know practice my passion all of that just came to a standstill he was in the middle of an uh, app launch which they eventually did through covid in the middle of the pandemic so it was a very volatile place we were i was very scared i have to be honest there you have i mean if you are pregnant during covid you yes. have 100 things going through your and mind the first right? wave was where there was the most fear and maybe the least deadly so to speak given the second wave but the fear was next level you know yeah. even opening the windows felt scary because you were like it's airborne it's airborne it's airborne, airborne. so the first few months were really coming to terms with shutting literally the business was shut down there was no dance studio there were no shoots the film industry was at a complete standstill and uh, then flicker of hope here and there we started online classes and then we actually started enjoying that so that progress again happened well he also kind of went through his process of absorbing what's happening continuing to work from home dealing with a pregnant wife no house help and everything so there were a lot of befores and after pre covid pregnancy post covid pregnancy pre baby pregnancy post baby parenthood so between all these befores and afters there was a lot of churning if that may be the right word there was a lot of baffling each other with new things but we came to a we sort of found a middle ground and we also kind of found or realized we want to parent the same way we both didn't know how to be parents you don't know you don't know what, when that baby comes into your hands the first thing about it you don't know you don't know whether it's crying because it's hungry or it's cold or it's just out of a very comfortable place so we both sort of figured out over the first few months that we want to parent the same way it was harder for him i would say because he comes from a very engineering yes uh, objective place that x then y then z yes, it has to correct. happen so that mm-hmm. was and i am a free spirit artist let's try new things let's not you know we don't have to keep churning the wheel let's invent something new so it must have been harder for him i don't know if he has ever said it but he followed the lead and in places took the lead and together like in this catapulting sort of a moment we came to a very comfortable place where we know how we want to do this we don't know how it will happen but we have a vision of 
what it should be like. And if you could for the listeners actually give us a little picture of what that is because I have always been intrigued of trying to find that one north that both of us can align on me and my wife. Mm. Um, usually it ends up with that only okay you decide and let me know I'll follow <laughs> but would love to understand because it's, see, it's a very testing part of a relationship for husband and wife as well right. Yeah. Like I think it debates is. around where to travel what where to buy a house what career we should pick up how much time we should spend and and over a period of time some decisions get segregated some very important like I'm not going to ever have an argument whether the cook that we have kept, you know, <laughs> I have a view. No, I don't have a view, right? You, you just take that call, I'll be okay with whatever it is, right? And vice versa, there'll be a few calls that I'll take, but there are a few important ones that will be a lot of debate. This is the most important for every yes, parent, right? Yes, How did, I mean, if you could sort of maybe reflect back a little, I don't know if you ever thought about it. Hmm. Because you're saying that we have now come to that north. Yeah, so Would what is my north? Yeah. As a parent, what is our north? Yeah. Would love to understand that. Yeah. I don't think we ever had a conversation before we had the baby, which is really funny because we don't think of parenting styles as something to discuss. Correct. Pre-marriage or pre-baby. Because our parents have just let us be and tum to bade ho gaye. Correct. Humne to nahi itna kiya tha. These are the kind of things we've heard from parents that bachche to pal jate hai. Correct. So it took us um, back and forth. But I think we found our true north in the idea that a child is an equal partner in this trio. At least it's a trio for now. Uh, there are So it's a 33-33-33 sort of a relationship in the sense that just because that child is either voiceless or expressionless initially or then not important enough to make decisions, do we not involve their opinion in the process? So I think it kind of blew boiled down to the idea that she is an equal part of our family. Very interesting. It, Yeah, and I don't know how we got there because again, it was not something we discussed and discussed. It so happened that when she said something, as she started speaking, it was taken into consideration. If she didn't want to get her hair cut, for, that, for example, we would find ways to handle it. How do we not get her hair in her eyes? Or rather than force it down her and, you know, make it happen because we know what is right, we tried to really bring her perspective and opinion. And to my surprise, she comes on board very easily. I think it's because we give her that freedom. Hmm. So our true north became the idea that a child is an equal partner in our tripod. Interesting. So yeah. any decision that has to be made with where she may get impacted, you would have a conversation with her? A conversation for sure. Maybe not Beta, do you want to go to this school or not? I mean, Correct. that is not something I can expect her to understand and Correct. decide. But for example, we were going for our first holiday and she would be in a flight for the first time. I'm getting advice from everywhere. You can give this to a child so they'll sleep through. And these are like cough syrups or yeah. pedicorals or, you know, like there are things that you can calm a child, soothing, you know, feed her at this time and all. I'm getting a lot of advice from them, from everyone. And well-meaning advice. Absolutely no judgment in those advice. They're just doing, telling us what they did. For us, what worked the most before a five-hour flight for the first time with her was the idea of talking to her and telling her what's going to happen. So we would literally, so we make a lot of stories about things at home. So we made a story of how we go to on, a trip. on a trip in an aeroplane. Because you're in a metal bird for five hours with nowhere to go and that's a two-year-old or a one-and-a-half-year-old with you. 
So we told her exactly how things will be. We'll wake up in the morning. We won't feel like waking up. But let's, you know, we'll Early find out. morning flight. Yes. It, actually, it was one o'clock in the night. We had to wake up for oh. a four o'clock flight. So we won't be able to, you know, do our regular things. So mama will just wrap you in a blanket and we'll go in the car. So we took her through it. So it didn't come to her as a surprise. surprise. And we did it a few days in, you know, in succession. And it really helped us to bring her on board with the whole idea. Maybe you can sleep in your stroller if you want. We can take Hugsy with you so you can find your coziness while mama are doing other things. So getting her on board, even if it's not the decision making, but the plan, the idea, what are we going to do? She's on board with us and it really makes her life easy. Like we've done 12 hour rides wow. from here to Goa, one year old, one and a half year old. We've done five, six hour flights all the way from here to Turkey. Again, getting her on board really helped us. Very interesting. I think so effectively, now, if, if, if you look at, do you recall uh, something like this happening with you as well? Like, where did you get these ideas? I'm just trying to sort of get a sense of... Um... What have I grown up with? Not really. I don't think so. I absolutely love my mom and dad. And dad, you're the best dad ever. But we were in a very authoritative or authoritarian environment as children. And that's the 90s for you, you know? Yeah. You do as you're told and you don't ask too many questions. And you're not party to decisions, for sure. And you're picked up and put in a car. There's no conversation about it. We go. And it, we kind of played along. There was no resistance. Also, resistance was not something we knew that was possible. So, So that's yeah. why you remember your childhood or your parents having an authoritarian parenting style with you. I think so, yes. I wouldn't say it was always that. Mm. But if there is a spectrum where permissive parenting and authoritarian parenting are on two ends, they were closer to authoritarian, authoritarian. and definitely not in the middle. And right. if you look at your own style, where would you put it? Trying to be in the middle, mm. which is nowadays being called a gentle parenting, uh, where, you know, you let the child, like I said, be an equal partner and take child-led decisions, mm. you know, from their perspective. But I think even if you look at authoritative parenting, in the end, it's still a dialogue, right, as such. You would have your own. For us, so for example, mm, getting good marks was not a dialogue. Hmm. Passing is not what I'm saying. I'm saying above 85 was not a dialogue. It, it just had to be. I wouldn't want to speak for my parent, uh, for my husband, but I would think that doing engineering, there was no dialogue. I think most of us have. Yes, so we internalized thing. these things. These were not. So they didn't feel like a dialogue. They, they didn't feel like a dialogue at all. But it also didn't feel like it was being coerced because that was the only option laid out. So you knew that's what we have to do. But with my child, everything is on the table. Becoming a sports person is on the table. Becoming an artist is on the table. Becoming a scientist is on the table. Becoming an entrepreneur, doing a startup, anything is on the table. And I think that is where I feel that the dialogue exists for me and that is how we are in the middle or at least trying to be in the middle. Interesting. And if you look at, I mean, have you ever spoken to your husband about his childhood and uh, effectively what kind of, because you, you mentioned that you both of you have aligned to come to this style of parenting. Mm. Um, does it help that your career, if I see, mm. like uh, we find very few folks today who would be in their 30s, late 30s, 40s who would have 
dancing and choreography as a career as such. Yeah, you're a think, minority. <laughs> yeah, you are a significant minority in that yes. sense, right? So, do you think that sort of opens up the mind? I think yes. An answer to your first question, yes. I think the career choices, the education support, so sociology and journalism, it made me more aware of things that were, you know, alternate styles or alternate ways of thinking, hmm. lateral thinking, so to speak. Uh, definitely helped for sure. I, I definitely do think that, and I think it started. Again, in my childhood, which is why I would say my parents were not hundred percent authoritative, because uh, my father was also an advertising fellow, so he did know that there's there's another way to life. Hmm. He may not have been always be able to live it, but he knew, and which is why I did get the freedoms I got because he knew that there's a future for what she wants. It's not in the present, but it's there somewhere, and I'm gonna let her have fun. You know, she's here to live her reality or her truth. Similarly, I think my husband had that in his heart somewhere. He was a dancer at the end of the day, right? We met in a class, so he has that heart of an artist. He has the brain of a scientist, but he has that heart where he is sensitive to emotions and feelings that I don't see a lot of men or male people feeling comfortable about. You know, you know how you said, "I what cook you hire? I don't have any." He participates in those conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her cooking style is good, or she keeps the kitchen clean. So he will participate in that. So definitely, we he had a propensity to the kind of parenting style I wanted, and I kind of had the seed sown in in my childhood, and then my career, and then my education, and then me being a teacher of thousands of students in the last twenty years helped me understand my idea of a happy child. it's actually very interesting because you work with so many students yeah you have access to a lot of diverse personalities yes and you could actually see how some and i'm sure you'd had multiple conversations with them about their upbringing yes. and you would have seen maybe you've seen a pattern where uh you could see that how some of the things that we experience as children or maybe we may inadvertently make our child experience yeah, may not lead to very happy outcomes definitely so for example you know we have a class of 20 kids each of them comes from a different background each of them comes from a different set of parents and parenting styles so when you teach them now when somebody dances in front of you you know them you can dance in front of me right now and i can deduce if not completely but to some degree the kind of person you are because your body speaks beyond words So when I see my children dancing, and when I see them absorbing interaction, or when I see them interacting with each other, or taking instructions, or being able to follow, I can get a sense of how the environment is at home. And with some kids, I have to use techniques that I don't always stand by. So I don't believe in distracting a child to make them listen. For example, like you know, if a child is having a meltdown. I won't say, but I look, look, look. What is this? And you know, I would let them have that meltdown. I would let them go through that experience because I don't want them to think that how what they are feeling is not as important as becoming quiet. And uh, so, when I see in a class a child is acting out, I respond differently to different children because I know this one needs to act out to let that out of their system, and I will have his attention back. Whereas this one. has a different kind of parenting style at home so he, she needs to be told what to do and she will do it so i 
that kind of helped me figure out the kind of parent I want to be. But you know, you you've been a firm believer in uh, mental health for children as well. Um, one of the questions that I always wonder about is. People say children have limitless potential. It's for us to sort of extract that if we want to. But can you teach like the nature versus nurture argument is something that I, I never find an end to. But could you teach anything to a child? Yeah, I think so. We have been so far been able to. But going back to the first words you said, can you really teach? I think that is where you start this conversation because children are learning what you're not teaching. When you're teaching, they are absorbing, not absorbing, you're not sure. But when you are not teaching and you are being, they are absorbing and learning that faster than they are learning what you're consciously teaching them. So my mother-in-law, we have this conversation very often, what can we teach her? Because she just picks up everything. At one year, two months, this girl was communicating full on. Wow. We didn't teach anything. We just read a lot of books. We And these are books that she doesn't know what's written. It's just our words that are coming to her. So we just spoke to her a lot. We have a no screen policy. So there was no one way communication of just watching and watching and watching. It is just completely interactive. Her childhood was such that I know girls talk sooner and all these things are there. But she was very quick with everything that we didn't teach her. And whatever we've tried to teach her, for example, wear a bib so that you don't dirty your clothes, she has never wanted to do that. So for me, nurture and nature kind of move together, but the environment and the absorbing, the subconscious absorbing that the child does stays longer and happens faster than the conscious teaching and bombarding of instructions. At least in my experience, I've seen that. That's very interesting because I, I really like the statement that you made. Um, which is you may want to teach, but the kids will learn what they want to learn. Then it it reads more important to the point that the environment yes. that they are in, yes. or how we behave in front of them, or what we do in front of them, or others who they are spending time with, 100%. is where they that's their learning ground. Which is why they say parenting is an inside job. You're not, you're not. It's not something you do. It is something you become, in the sense that. If I know my triggers, if I know the person that I'm being today, she can be that person and I'll be proud of that. Go for it, be that person. But if there is something that you don't want her to do, you have to first observe where is it that you are doing it. So, uh, parenting being the inside job is something that we kind of follow at home and uh, we don't Sorry. So, sorry. So, so that means that if you want to have a no screen policy and you want her to adhere to that. We don't have screens. You? We watch the entire World Cup. We are both cricket buffs, especially World Cup. In fact, we even got married during the World Cup so we could go watch a match. Uh, we don't watch. The TV is just for decoration at home. We only do our own Netflix or whatever else needs to be done after she's gone to sleep. That too on our phones because by then we are so tired we can't sit in front of a screen and absorb all of that. We are not doing social media in front of her and we are not just scrolling, 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 scrolling. There is no TV. I think that is the biggest change in my husband and my life because uh, and because we used to eat our food like this. Mm. What's on Netflix is on the plate. 
we didn't know what we were eating. It would be yum, I'm sure. But the goal was to get together, watch something and eat dinner. That's how we bonded pre-baby. Literally till the last day that she was, you know, before she was born. Today we eat separate times because I eat with her. And that's something again we followed at home. If you eat with the child, you don't have to feed them. Hmm. They will watch you and they will eat. Correct. So we don't have screens for ourselves. We don't watch anything and eat anymore. And uh, the cricket match, all matches were on, you know, on some corner of the bed. What's the score? Are you out of room? <laughs> yes, my dad. So those were the times how we kind of, you know, let things happen. So That's yes. amazing. That's amazing that you've managed to put so much discipline around your behavior. You have to put that discipline on you first. If you're not able to wake up with the child, we don't have nannies and all of that who are waking up early and taking the child out. It's us. So if we are not waking up early, they are not waking up early. If we are watching screens, they are watching screens. There was a time, you know, uh, where something or the other was happening and I was on my phone a lot that period. And then you know what she did? She picked up what the AC remote. And I said, Mama, I have important work. I'm finishing my work and coming. Wake up call. It was a complete wake up call. And I was like, okay, that. While it's very cute that, you know, she's saying, I have work, I have a Zoom call thing. These are like her words. But that's not her life right now. And again, I went back to whatever it was, I will handle it when she is not with me. Kind of a boss. But do you think you'll be able to continue this for a period of time? Because we get a lot of parents asking on the platform, specifically with screen time. Screen time plus the fact that some actions now don't happen without screen time. Like eating, having food without screen now has become like a problem for at least 30-40% yes, of the parents, yes, right? Yes, yes. And it's almost like a disease where you allow it once and then it never... Yes. Which is why touch wood, we didn't allow it. This was a decision we made even while she was an infant probably. And, uh, but I have, I have friends and family who have gotten inspired by what we are doing. Because they don't have to feed their child. Mm. Their child knows the name of every vegetable they're eating because they're not stuffing their face while looking at something else. They are looking at their food. They know this is beetroot. They know this is loki. This, they know this is roti with ghee. They know what they're eating because their attention and focus is on the food. And uh, a lot of my friends have been like, how are you doing this? We're lucky we started with this. Because weaning it is... Much harder. It's a terrible job for a parent to, because you go through that phase where the child is not eating. There's a lot of bad energy around. It's really beautiful act of eating, but you have to, you know, limit it. You have to start somewhere, mm. because eventually, otherwise, there is this disassociation with what you're eating happens, which leads to a lot of dis disorders, eating disorders. It leads to overeating because you don't know. You're not listening to the signals of your body. Yeah. So you're just eating a lot and you're eating for comfort and then it becomes a very vicious circle. And I'm a, I mean, my body is my temple. I'm a dancer, I'm a yoga practitioner. So I can't, you know, I don't want to lose whatever I have gained in the last 20 years of my life. So, uh, so it's a part of my life. And because it's a part of my life to not eat sugar, for example, or ketchup or stuff like that, or processed foods, it was easier for me. And uh, as a family that has been into that, and if you have to wean that somehow or the other, you have to start somewhere if that is what you want. Yeah. So, you know, somehow we, till my son was about five, we used to keep wondering he doesn't eat any junk food. There'll be birthday parties and <laughs> you would not eat anything. 
he would he was a he was a roti sabji dal rice boy i think something happened at 6 and he tasted and now he's eight and for the last two years we've been struggling to he still eats the roti sabji dal rice but what he craves for is the processed food mm. right so i think it's very commendable what you have done for for till now i think two questions i had was one how do you think you continue it as more external factors creep yes, in yes definitely once you have a little bit of time in daycare or a little bit of time in somebody else's house yes and there's a limit to which you can say that okay no no he'll yeah. not have anything else yeah, or she'll definitely. not have anything else somebody brings something to school like my son actually exchanges food now in the school because <laughs> he like you may not give me you know a nutella and bread but mm. this boy is very happy with what i bring so i just exchange food with him mm. right so the the yeah. control reduces as a Definitely. child grows any uh, recommendations on or any thoughts for yourself on how you see this uh, the previous question you asked me about the environment the solution i wouldn't even say the solution for us the help has come from there so we have chosen a school where there is no processed sugar they are not allowed to take processed sugar inside the doors of that school literally they uh, they have uh, they don't have they have a vegan environment but what helped us was a support system which is aligned with our thought process of course we have friends where we go and there is a chocolate cake or there is da- dairy milk and all of that we try our best not to bring our attention to it we don't make a big deal about it if she's had it she's had it because the more you make a big deal about it the more the child remembers mm-hmm. and the more it's just lying there she eats it sometimes she doesn't even like it like you know there are chocolate there's a chocolate cake and there are some other things on the table and she would just have a bite because everyone's so excited about it and then she doesn't like it that could be a palate thing because we've done that for 3 years plus but uh what has helped us has been an alignment of the friends that we have towards similar if not exactly the same ideals and also the selection of the school so far so the school she goes to she goes for 3 hours for a child who sleeps 12 hours a day 3 hours is a, spent in a, another company is a long part of their day but it aligns with our parenting style they ha- they so every day one parent sends food there for everybody oh that's the school lunch and there are about 14 15 kids in a class so there is no tiffin service as such every parent sends of big tiffin for every child and everybody eats exactly the same thing so that way they also learn to eat different things yes and they share and they so it's not like maine apna tiffin khola khaya aur khelne chale gaye they sit together there's a lot of community you know spirit in that meal they are looking at each other watching their learning so some of the kids they go very young they don't know how to eat themselves but because they are amongst the older kids the classroom is a varied age group from 2 to 6 they watch the 6 year olds eat on their own so they feel inspired to do that and that way it's really been helpful for us but i know these are not everyday solutions for everybody yeah i think we were that way lucky because whenever i asked my parents as to you know how did i learn things they said i think it's true wo to ho gaya aise because mm. we were always in a setup where either it was a joint family or we were in a community where we just learned from the yes. other kids right yes. and so this happened to me as well when i was worried that you know my child is not eating enough varied food um my mom said why don't you send him to a daycare center for a few hours mm. not because you can't take care of the child but just give him a different perspective yes 
and we saw a big change suddenly suddenly eating everything and I said, why did you eat this you don't like this <laughs> like no no now I like this right and they might not eat it at home still नहीं अभी भी नहीं है exactly but वहाँ पर खाएंगे वहाँ पे खाएंगे because सब खा रहे correct so I think the I think the human mind has this interesting uh, element where you want to be included included yes so you don't want to be the person who's you know excluded not so doing something correct so you'll just you know and at at home of course he has uh, an option to say no yeah and as parents i think we hum hamesha pigal jate hain ki yaar are bitch kya khaye hum pigalte hamara actually wahi humne realize kiya ki hum thoda pigal gaye starting mein ab wo wo ungli thi to haath pakad liya usne ha wahi hota hai any any tips on folks because i think lot of us are in the situation where this has already started yes. the screen the tantrums um and because i don't think we have enough patience uh, and it's hard right like it's how we then end up giving up yes. right um any practical tips on weaning off some of these habits for i think the first thing what we decided we will have to be okay with is the crying okay crying is not a problem it is a symptom hmm. so to speak you know like वो रो रही है अगर यही प्रॉब्लम हो जाएगी तब तो फिर लाइफ ही प्रॉब्लम ही प्रॉब्लम है क्योंकि बच्चा है कम्युनिकेट तो रो के ही करेगा सो आई थिंक द वन थिंग वी बोथ गॉट ओके विद मोर मी इनिशियली बिकॉज आई वाज अ प्राइमरी केयर गिवर और सो टू स्पीक इज टू टू बी ओके विद द क्राइंग आफ्टर अ बाउंड्री इज ड्रॉन सो टू स्पीक सो फॉर एग्जाम्पल स्क्रीन इन एनी बड़ी सिनारी नहीं करना है इज अ बाउंड्री दैट इज बिन ड्रॉन there will be retaliation there will be resistance there will be a meltdown and we have to be okay with it because we have to let them know that feeling angry or upset that is not the problem go for it feel these emotions let them out so that some day in life you will know this is what anger feels like and you'll be able to you know direct it better but if we try to avoid a tantrum if we try to you know out you know like somehow kind of maneuver ourselves in such a way that nahi rona dhona na ho then we are in for trouble because we will give in and it takes the will power or something of iron man or i don't know what seriously it's it's super hard to let them cry and not fix it and not just you know to get used to that sound but if you just sit it through over a period of time it reduces on its own because they know that i'm just releasing emotions unhone to dena nahi and eventually when you so there is this process you know where you have a connection with your child so the first thing is connection how well connected you are with your child is how much they will are willing to get along and go along with whatever options you have given then there will be a disconnect where you will he will push a boundary he will test your you know whatever it is that you have drawn and after that if you have allowed a safe space to let them experience the emotions that they are experiencing let them also test the boundaries because that's how they learn up till where they can go then there is that moment of reconnect if you have ended up yelling at them or something and you are honest enough to say darling i'm sorry i raised my voice my big feelings also came out i didn't know how to handle that i'll try to do better i mean these are the things we use with her and you will be really surprised you know what she says i'm also sorry mama I have been shocked there was a time where something happened and I was loud with her and then the guilt creeps in correct and I'm like what have I done this is not gentle parenting is this what you want and I just removed myself from that situation I was went into my bedroom and I was just sitting and tears were literally rolling down that is I'm a biggest failure because I spoke to her loudly 
and she saw she walked in no she's crying i'm crying everyone's crying she walks in and she sees that something is up she literally touched my knee and said mama i'm here for you she didn't say she didn't get scared why is she crying what is this happening i've never seen this she knew that okay when i cry this is what she says to me i'm here for you so she literally just repeated those words to me a bunch of times when she's having a meltdown i don't give her what she wants for example i'm like holding her she's pushing me away there's a lot of battling happening and i'm trying to keep her safe because she can hurt herself or whatever and in the end i'm like darling it's let's try and calm down let's breathe let's breathe let's blow a candle and all and then she's like i can't stop crying mama i can't stop that is such a pure confession that i'm trying to stop but i'm not able to stop crying at that moment i was like why do i even want her to stop crying let her have it out how many times have you been feeling bad and somebody says come on feel good okay it's time to feel good and you feel good nobody in the history of calming down has ever calmed down because you asked them to calm down listen relax when it doesn't work with adults why would it work with kids what works with us when i'm feeling really like something has happened at work someone's wronged me or whatever the only thing i that makes me feel better is talking about it with my husband or my sister or my mom or my best friend i need that release they need that release they don't have the words for it don't be scared of the crying don't be so petrified ki agar ye roenge to koi scarring ho jayegi or something let that happen i feel that somewhere allowing her to feel however it is that she's feeling good bad ugly has helped us get over those tantrums quicker the meltdowns are quicker because she you know every time you go down a path you can go faster mm. and secondly she's becoming very aware so after some point right now she needs us to navigate these paths but after some point she will hopefully have the tools to ac- acknowledge what she's feeling and you know it's like showing light into the darkness the moment you acknowledge how you're feeling i'm feeling crappy <sighs> i already feel better because i said it it's out there it's not just inside me anymore so that way i think just letting that meltdown happen not giving that chocolate milkshake it's okay that you are upset it's okay that you are crying and i'm here for you we can't have chocolate milkshake before sleeping boundary drawn feelings respected and meltdown given <laughs> yeah the i think it's a it's a it's a very critical point and I, while you were talking i was just realizing how many times you have been in the situation uh but what you are saying is helpful in a way that the first couple of times it may take a very long time yes. for the men down to stop right <sighs> there i released it <laughs> um but as that happens more and more that time will shorten because their mind will also start learning that i may keep crying but they are not going to budge yeah yeah and um, the boundary is drawn like, yeah well, i think what's happened with us is almost reverse it's like when they cried when my son cried for let's say 5 minutes we then give in then next time he cried for five like nahi bahut ho gaya to hamesha aadat pad jayegi to he cried for 10 so then we gave in and then like you know hamesha 10 minute rahega to nahi 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 denge then he cried for 15 so it's actually gone the reverse way where we have and i think you're right he's testing the boundary ki kab tak aap dete rahoge dete rahoge and we are in fact in a wrong habit spiral where we are giving him a signal that eventually to hum de denge karke 
So if you stop it, then hopefully it may still take 20 minutes of tantrums for like five times and then it will start reversing Ooh. in the year. But we have to be really, really strong mentally to Ooh, take yes. that five times at least. Those, those 20 minutes might become half an hour the first few times. But after those first few times when a realization of, okay, this is a safe place, I can cry. But I'm also safe because my parents are deciding for me. The thing is, children are just testing boundaries. They don't, they don't expect to be taking decisions. Hmm. You leave them with a very big decision, they feel scared because it's not their job to do that. So this, this relationship becomes so much better because A, you are allowed to feel how you're feeling. I'm not going to distract you from how you are feeling. B, I'm still going to do these decisions for you because you are safe in my guardianship, so to speak. So that way now that relationship changes after the first few months of trying to wean off this giving into things. This is something, you know, when we were, I'm a girl from Delhi, so I've, you know, grown up with enough Eve teasing and catcalling. And they used to, you know, boys have this attitude back then that, lage rao, lage rao, maan jayegi. You know, or hmm. you know, like we would eventually become friends with boys who we've not wanted to be friends with initially, but they didn't give up. But was that a healthy way of going about it for us or not is something that we have to take call as parents, whether this is because the rules are not going to change for them. They're outside. You need a visa. You need a this, that, this to get somewhere. That's not going to change. So you can't push those boundaries, for example. Yeah, yeah. very interesting. And if you think about, I think this is very, very helpful from a parenting thought perspective, but from an environment perspective, I think the kids will also test these boundaries in their relationship with other kids, yes. right? How do we sort of influence that? Because we can't necessarily know how the other kids would react to something our kid would do. Yeah. Like, for example, my son is very competitive. Um, and uh, he generally throws a tantrum when he's losing anything. Cricket, oh, football, yes. whatever it is. And I can't blame the other children if they get annoyed with that, right? I mean, you're losing, you're losing. Don't throw a tantrum because of that, right? And somehow he always ends up getting in fights about with this. Mm. As a parent, I feel very helpless as to how do I solve the situation. Mm. I mean, we keep talking to him, mm. but we are not there at that point of time mm. to uh, influence the behavior or at least give him some feedback loop there and then. Mm. Um, and any any thoughts on that? Because the environment also then starts. Because yes. and, and I'm sure it will come up for you as well as your daughter gets to four, yeah, five, yeah. spends more time in school and stuff yes. like that. We already see it, you know. So if she's trying to build something at home and it keeps falling, magna tiles or whatever it may be, we have observed that she doesn't feel great about failure, hmm. you know. But uh, I think I have observed this difference between my husband and me too. One of us is a little more okay with failure than the other. I won't say who. Uh, and I think it eventually will happen for him the moment he makes peace that it's okay to fail. Where is this pressure coming from? You know, we are putting it on ourselves eventually. It's okay to fail. And as long as you guys are okay with, you know, him failing, you failing. If you know you guys make any mistakes or you don't, you know, succeed in something that you're doing, how how we have uh, responded to our own failures, kids are absorbing and uh, learning. So that becomes something I think also, again, in touch with your emotions. 
if they know this is what failure feels like and I know once I've gotten out of it, another I'll get out of it, they'll keep getting evidence from their environment that I can handle this and it gets better with time. And this is now that I'm 40, I realize that most problems are solved through communication. Men just don't communicate enough. We don't open up about our uh, what we feel. We just don't sit down and say, this is what I feel. It's just so hard for them to, I don't know why it is so, whether it's biological, self-inflicted, no. It's cultural. I think it's, it's, it's decently cultural because as a child only we have, I mean, today people are not saying it, but boys don't cry, quote unquote. It's been, it's a part of how we've grown up, you know. Girls, when they go out to play in the evening, they just walk and talk, boys play cricket. I mean, we've just kind of internalized these things so much. And uh, I remember this friend of mine, she was married and I was not at the time. And we used to have night spends at her place. And her husband would be the first thing like, party shuru. You have no idea what we are going to do, how we are going to talk, what we are going to talk about. We might be sitting here talking about economics for all you know. Yeah. But you think we are going to sit and talk about our feelings. 70% chances are we may. <laughs> but I think it's, it's, men have not felt safe to express how they feel. Yeah, I think we are, you're, you're right. I think it's largely about the judgment that anyone feels when they open up. Stop being a girl. Yeah. So I, I for example, I'm uh, very, as I said, very benevolent to my son. Uh, and I, I love to sort of hug him and kiss him every day. Wow. And my wife keeps asking that, somewhere I feel that I never got this. I don't think anyone... Like, I don't think my dad really hugged me and kissed me. It was a different time. And I just... But that doesn't mean I don't want it. I, I, I Even today, like, we're very formal, formal. Like, it's not like the US where I call them by their first name and stuff like that. <laughs> but I'm very formal with both my in-laws and my parents. And my wife keeps asking, why formal so formal? I said, somehow, it's like distance. Uh, I don't want that distance with my son. Like, and how do you go, you know, how do you go to a 75-year-old and say that I don't want this distance anymore? Like, yeah, who takes the first step, right? And so, ego is also, men's ego is a lot, right? And my too. Men's ego is also, but it's a So, uh, I think it's an interesting dynamic that I don't want to at least have with my son. I think it's beautiful uh, what you're trying to uh, hear about. Yeah, although I am also too harsh on him whenever things don't. I think the expectations are also that. You cannot that, succeed without failing a bunch of times. Yeah. But it's interesting. I I, I, I always hear the most intriguing stories about uh, school defense or school <laughs> breaks as such, which is also a critical aspect of, <laughs> uh, of the entire program where we at least... Uh, we don't have any gifts or hampers, but at least <laughs> the least we can do is... Uh, Remind you a little bit of your. <laughs> oh my God! This is Italy summer. Uh, I don't know if it's Delhi style or not, but it is, uh, oh, is Italy summer, so that you can at least uh, recall your childhood. Uh, because I think the most fun any parent I ask, what is the most fun that you think of in the last 35, 40 years, and everyone just says school. Right. And the lunch break was the best, right? Because there was no teacher watching you. You were eating and you were just chilling with your friends and having a good time. I think lunch break is like... It's like the, 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 the thing. key thing. I know it may not be 
as healthy as what food you have today but at least you should have a have a taste so that you can relive that moment of yeah yeah it's for you you can relive that nostalgia and while you're eating it i'm going to ask you a few uh tough you? rapid fire questions format is simple i'm going to ask you a situation imagine i'm your daughter and i'm going to come and ask you for something i'm not going to throw a tantrum you're not going to cry for uh, 15 20 minutes where uh, so don't worry you don't need to assuage uh, me but what would be your immediate reaction on some of these situations grace myself <laughs> okay yes um come back from school mm-hmm. and mama i want a little brother okay Why you want a little brother, baby? I just feel that I need company. I need to spend time with someone else. Oh, you like playing with people? Who's your favorite friend? Avantika in school is my favorite friend, and she has a little brother. I also want a little brother. Oh, oh, how nice! Should we call Avantika over for a little while? We can, but. She has so much fun with her little brother. She was telling me about it. I also want to have that same fun. Oh, that is cute. Let's do one thing. Let's call Aryan over to play with us, cousin, and um, and we'll say revisit this thought once again. Okay. You caught me off guard, man. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> well, that's a that's an excellent way to manage it. But have you ever discussed this with your husband? Yes. yes. Second child. We are open to the idea. It's not you know we haven't like planned it, but we are definitely open to the idea. I love my sister and he you know he has a sibling too so uh I think you the kind of enrichment a sibling brings into your life is is very meaningful that's the first person you learn to share with hmm. that's the first person you can possibly learn empathy with so it's it's a dynamic I would want to explore maybe not immediately but it's something I'm open to cool let's get back to the question rapid fire let's uh... do this <laughs> I'm excited. Um Mama where do babies come from? From mama's tummy. Can we get one more baby then? Hmm, let me think about it. I'll have to ask my tummy if he's ready. Okay. Um Mama I was on a playground and one boy was pushing me and I fell down. I didn't know what to do. You can always tell him not to push you and you don't like it. Use your voice. I kept telling him but he just would not listen. Okay. Was there anybody with you? Who were you playing with? Dadu or dadi? Uh, dadu was there but he was a little away and we were playing on the side. Eko hmm. you know pushing is not okay so what he did was not great. And what did you do afterwards? I just went back to dadu and I told him what he did. Well, and how did that make you feel? I felt okay but I really wanted to play with him more. Maybe he'll be in a better mood tomorrow. Let's see how he's feeling. Maybe he's having a ba- bad day. It's very interesting, actually. If I, I'm so nervous. It's funny. No, it's actually very intriguing that you are able to give her perspective as to why she's gone through what she's gone through, versus trying to solve the situation. Like usually, what most parents do, including us. or whenever i have a conversation like this it's more it's almost like you know we as human we are all almost we 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 learn problem solving all our life mm. in our careers we are problem solving mm. so these kind of situations 
usually seems like you have to solve the problem. Whereas if I look at all your answers, it's very intriguing that instead of trying to solve the problem, you're just trying to understand, just be a more active listener. Yes. And true. give them a little bit more perspective as to why something happened. Happen. And that itself seems to be a lot more comforting than... And I, it's it's very interesting that I don't think this is used that often because we have this urge to get to the answer quickly yeah. and solve the problem. Yeah. Whereas we may not be able to solve it or we, maybe that doesn't even need to be You know, the solution. idea is she needs to learn that however another person is behaving is their problem. Yeah. It is not a reflection of who she is. She didn't do anything to invite that. So, and if you can learn that, especially as a girl, you know, we grow up thinking that everybody else's bad mood is something I did. Mm. We grow up internalizing this, that, you know, I'm responsible for taking care of everybody else. So if they are having a bad day, it's my bad. So I think this is something I consciously try to do. Even when I, you know, get, it's not like I never get upset with her. I come loud with her once in a while. Uh, I always, in my recovery or in my repairing moment with her, I always tell her that how I'm feeling is a me problem. And it's not a you problem. And uh, how it makes you feel is your responsibility. So I always try to see how she's processing the incident rather than how she's handling it. Because in the processing, the handling will happen on its own. It's amazing. I think I see this. I see this reflective of your 33, 33, 33 parenting. I just realized oh. the reason because why I'm just wondering why does it not come naturally to me or why doesn't it come naturally to other folks the, because you're almost treating her like an adult that's the first thing that came to my mind and then I realized no you're just giving her an equal seat at the table how sweet and then sort of being a little I think that's a that's a very very interesting way to uh, put it um, we get a lot of questions from mothers on how do they communicate to their daughters about good touch, bad touch, mm. and what age do they start doing that? Have you thought about that in any way? Yes, I tell you, this is the one thing that has occupied my free time in the mind a lot because she's going to get to that age where she will be spending time away from us in environments which are not under our control. And for me, it's really important for her to understand strange touch because bad touch can feel good. Hmm. But if it is being done by a stranger, you know what I'm saying? Like strange touch is something I definitely want to have a discussion with her about, which is why we nothing is off the table. Even today when she asks me the names of her private parts, I tell her the scientific names. Okay. I don't make up cute names. I tell her the scientific names of those body parts so that nothing is taboo. Everything can be talked about. If somebody has been strange with her she can come and tell me because we talk normally about these things I think it's been a wonderful conversation what we would uh, love to know before we end is specifically on you mentioned about arming yourself becoming more aware uh, arming yourself with more knowledge any specific recommendations for our listeners in terms of uh, books anything that they should yeah. arm themselves with especially for um, parents with daughters Definitely. Uh, people that I look up to or follow information from, Janet Lansbury. She has a book. She has a podcast. Uh, there are no bad kids. Then there is uh, Sarah Ockwell Smith. She's a writer who talks about gentle parenting, which in my opinion is just humanitarian parenting, you know, considering a child a human being and not, you know, something to 
bring up, so to speak. Uh, so Sarah Oakwell Smith, Janet Lansbury, Kerry Bajaj. She is a NHA practitioner, which is basically nurtured heart approach, which is an approach for slightly difficult or energetic children, so to speak, because she has uh, this method, which is called NHA. You can definitely research that. It will bring a lot of insight if you have a wild-spirited you know, child. This seems like something I have to really... Yeah, uh... NHA. It's, it's, it's a game changer for me. It gives you actual techniques of how to handle difficult moments, how to draw boundaries, how to respect yourself and the child as two different entities. So uh, these are the people I started with. And then when you go down that you know, path, they recommend others and then you get your entire community starts coming together. Understood. This has been wonderful, Tanushree. Thank, Thank you for doing this Thank and you. really, really appreciate uh, sharing a lot more perspective. Uh, I think we have had a podcast where we've discussed the four styles of parenting. It was so great to learn about a fifth that you <laughs> at least not just learned, armed yourself with, but also are implementing it every day. Uh, and I'm sure this is something a lot of our listening to parents can also learn from. Yeah. Thank you Thank for doing you so this. Much. Lovely having you. Hi there. If you enjoyed watching the show, then please do subscribe to Tiffin Break on YouTube and Instagram to watch more such content. And if you want to be notified of the next episode, please do press the bell icon on the screen.